Thank you for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. With me, as always, your co-host, who's breathing heavily, Kirk. Hello, hello. What's going on, man? What's happening? I'm so excited. We haven't done a live stream in like four weeks. Yeah, you get a little pregame jitters. I'm like excited, you know, nervous pee and pumped and horrified. And what it's if I stressful. say the wrong thing? It's stressful. It's very stressful. Uh, when that little light goes on, it's like being on being on the radio. It's like being on TV. It's it literally says at the top of the screen, it's showtime. So it's uh, it's intense. No pressure. But here we are. We're back on the stream. Like Kirk said, uh, for those of you joining us on the stream, thank you. Um, feel free while you're here to drop some comments in the chat. We got a lot of fun stuff to talk about today. I feel like if anybody should be breathing heavily, it should be me because I literally almost missed the stream. I was like, <laughs> I walked in here like two minutes ago and Kirk was already here and he was like, you know, he was really nice. He didn't say anything to me about it. He didn't text me or anything. I just got lost in PlayStation land. Um, and it was, it was a close call to be honest. It was close, but I'm here now. So I'm, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I just figured, like, if you were going to miss it, I was going to try to make the show go on. You <laughs> yeah, know? man. That's right. You just got to go for it. It would not be the same, but I was like, well, you know, you know life is busy. Whatevs. We'll see what, what happens. That's right. The show must go on. The show must go on. But here's what I will say to give myself a little bit of, a little bit of credit to my name. The reason I was lost in PlayStation Land is because I was playing Spider-Man. I was playing the Spider-Man game. And I titled this stream, part of the title of this stream is A Very Spidey Christmas because we have tons of Spider-Man news going on. And all that Spider-Man news really got me just like in the Spidey spirit. So I've been playing my PlayStation, been playing some Spider-Man. Um, they're dropping on, what is it? What is today? Today's the 7th. Yes. On the 10th, which is Friday, they are dropping the No Way Home Spider-Man suits on the Spider-Man games to, to download. So I'll get to play in that cool like black and gold suit and then also the new the new suit. So kind of getting hyped up for that. Um, but yeah, so we'll have lots of Spider-Man to talk about. We've got lots of other things to talk about, um, including, you know, we keep talking about it. Award season is here. We're going to be reviewing yes. a film uh, that is really, really buzzy. I know I said King Richard was buzzy, but this movie's really buzzy. Uh, I posted the other day, goldderby.com. We've talked about them a couple of times. They have this movie currently with the best odds to take home best picture at the Oscars, and that film is called The Power of the Dog, wow. and we'll be reviewing that today. Wow. So it's exciting that's stuff. Some big, that's some big shoes. Some big shoes right there to I'm take home. I'm telling on. you. Well, you know, you know uh, how that goes with the odds, though. It kind of shifts as things go on because award season, I think people maybe don't realize that it's, it's very, it's, you know, there's a lot of campaigning that goes on with it. There's lots of like the production companies send out all these different swag bags and they have these different events and they, they pump up their movie and they campaign. Um, so it definitely is sort of political, which kind of sucks, but you know, as the political circus kind of goes on, the odds tend to change and stuff like that. But for right now, date of recording, December 7th, goldderby.com has it as the power of the dog ranked as the best odds to take home the big prize come Oscar time. Wow, that is shocking. But more shocking is that, you know, I would like to get this swag bag. This would be pretty cool. I would cool. too, yes. Like, can we get a screener copy ahead of time before it drops on whatever streaming service or hits theaters? And I want a, a shirt that says the power of the dog. I want... 
Um, uh, what's I want a dog. Movie? Send me a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Send me a dog. BBC Films, and then we'll talk. Then, then maybe you get on my my Oscar ballot. <laughs> can, can you imagine if that's that was what they did? Like <laughs> they sent puppies to people. everyone. <laughs> Merry Christmas! Oh my gosh, that'd be great. Oh, that that would be incredible. And there's only one dog in this movie. I was very let down, and it's very brief. It's like a little farm dog, a little, oh. little border collie running around. He um, has less than one minute of screen time. It's not fair. It's not fair. I mean, he's but just, is it really? If is it really about that dog, Cam? Is it really? We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk. About I don't want to bury the lead here, but <laughs> we'll talk about it. We'll talk a lot about it. So, if you're listening in podcast form, a reminder. This is the What's Poppin' episode. You'll hear that review this coming Friday. But if you're on the stream, you get it tonight. And if you are listening in podcast form, that gives you two whole days to watch The Power of the Dog on Netflix. I know you have a Netflix subscription. So do it. Go watch it. It's only two hours long. It's really a a quick drink of water there. Um, And then you'll be able to be up to date for the review on Friday. So What if there's someone out there? Sorry, I am very uh, squirrely today. What if if there's someone out there that's still... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> only has the DVD subscription. Yes. Do they still have that? I, I think so. I Do think they so. really? That's for like, you know, the, the, the older generation, like our, like our great grandparents. Is it still DVDs still or is it Blu-rays? I, I, th- I think it's VHS. I think they actually gave, opened up a VHS. <laughs> they downgraded. <option>. <laughs> <laughs> they only send VHSs from like the 1980s and 90s. That's all you get. Yes, and then uh, sometimes if you uh, if you rewind it too far, you actually get like a copy of like The Godfather on there yeah. instead of The Power of the Dog. Like it's it's, it's been a taped over. System. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> hey, I know we've talked about it before, but the the DVD delivery system was lit. I I freaking loved it. It was exhilarating, and it was fun to like reorder your queue, and it was fun whenever like. So I was living with my parents whenever we had that. It was fun whenever somebody like had a different movie in the queue and you go to the mailbox and you're thinking you're getting one movie and you're like, ah, oh, man, dad, what you, know? you got three ten to Yuma. And you're like, ah, all right, I'll watch it. <laughs> I specifically Incredible. remember watching three ten to Yuma. I remember watching uh rear window. I remember or secret window. I remember watching, uh, there will be blood a, a bunch mm-hmm. of them through the DVD delivery service. It was a good time. It really was. I remember uh, Aubrey was getting them at college, but specifically she was getting like Dawson's Creek on DVD. And at the time this, and this is very recent uh, because Dawson's Creek lost the right to their own theme song. It was, I don't want to wait for <laughs> it was the... to be over. <laughs> yeah, that one. The, that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> It was the replacement theme song, which who knows who, whoever can sing that by heart. Bravo to you. <laughs> we'll give you a free shirt. If you can just like throw that in it's one of our Gavin social DeGraw. media comments <laughs> <laughs> and uh, all the time I'd, I'd come over, she was watching that. So that's oh, what man. I think of with the Netflix DVDs. But really I do hope, I do hope that system is still out there and I think it would be, um, it would be a very millennial, even zillennial, even Gen Z to have a VHS version of yeah. Netflix. I think that would be pretty sweet. That would be a good time. Uh, it would be. I, if they do have it, I might have to dip my toes in that water just to just to live, just to feel the rush of blood again. Um, I have one other Netflix nugget since we're on the topic. I was yeah. this week years old when I learned. Okay, <laughs> bear with me here. Uh, you know how on Netflix you'll be flipping through and 
each movie has a different thumbnail or show has a different thumbnail image, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes, I don't know, maybe maybe you're not like this, but sometimes the character that's on the thumbnail, you're like, what? That like Woody Harrelson, he's a he's not even the main character of this movie or it's like something really off mm-hmm. the wall. Did you know that that is algorithmically driven? That they have multiple different versions of thumbnails for each movie and show in their library or the majority of them. And then they, based on your viewing habits, will serve you up the one that is likely most desirable to you. Is that wild and somewhat creepy? It's a little evil. It is, right? It's a little evil. Yeah, I mean, they're totally trying trying to brainwash you into watching a movie that you normally wouldn't watch under normal circumstances. Which is good. So I guess if you uh, if you have a movie and Jared Leto's at the front of it, they're like, whoa, 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 we did something wrong. Who else is in this? Um, uh, let's see here. Oh, Robert Pattinson's in this movie. It, yeah, and then up. you're let's like, do it. click, he'll click on this. <laughs> and the only reason I thought of it was because I was in Disney Plus the other day, and I noticed my son watches um, Nightmare Before Christmas. He has watched it multiple times, and so it was in my queue. And the thumbnail image changed to a picture of Oogie Boogie, and I was like, oh, I didn't know that Disney Plus did alternate thumbnails. And then I went down this whole rabbit hole and found out that Netflix generates their their video thumbnails based on the algorithm, which is mind-blowing to me. Totally wow. mind-blowing. So, wow. There you go. Um, the more you that's, know. That's just uh, why the world is ending because <laughs> <laughs> it's sinister. a little bit of everything all of the time. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay with them. I'm okay with Netflix doing it. I'm not okay with Facebook experimenting with my psyche, but Netflix, like... This is a symbiotic relationship. That's you true. give it's me something, movies. I give you something. Like that's fine. It's all it's all good. Mm-hmm. All like right. Okay. Enough of that. Let's get into it. I've, I've teased a ton of Spider-Man stuff, so we should hop into what's popping because there's a lot of Spider-Man news. And no, it's not just MCU. It's not just No Way Home. It's different stuff. And there is some MCU, but there's also a lot of Sony stuff. So let's let's dive into it. If you're ready, Kirk. I'm ready. Let's pop. Let's pop, pop it up. Pop it up. All right, first things up. Let's get the Spidey stuff going here. First thing that came out, and this was like, it it picked up some traction, but when it was first talked about, everybody was kind of like, they didn't know how to word it in their headlines and things like that. And that's this. Amy Pascal, who is is effectively the Kevin Feige of Sony's Marvel situation. She's, you know, the executive producer of their whole Sony Spider-Verse thing. She was talking to Fandango and she said the following. Uh, when asked about this being the end of the Spider-Man trilogy with Tom Holland, she said, this is not the last movie that we are going to make with Marvel. This is not the last Spider-Man movie. We are getting ready to make the next Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland and Marvel. We're thinking of this as a three films, and now we're going on to the next three. This is not the last of our MCU movies. So, if that's to be believed, what Amy Pascal is saying is that There is another Tom Holland Spider-Man trilogy following up the one that we're about to wrap up a week from Friday. Wow. Your thoughts. Wow. Wow. Uh, That's incredible. That's incredible that they've already thought through what that looks like. It's almost, you know, there were lots of growing pains, not lots, but there were, there were growing pains with the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, Most notably the the third one. Sure. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there were talks, there were ideas of having a fourth one before that one came out. So. They announced it 
In 2009, I was just reading about this today. In 2009, they did announce Spider-Man 4 of the Sam Raimi trilo- of the Sam Raimi Sam Raimi series with Tobey Maguire it was supposed to come out in 2011. Yeah. And that was right before Marvel was acquired by Disney and then they decided to go in 2012 with a new series with Andrew Garfield. So, right, yeah. right. Because they said, wow, that went wrong. Let's just get a reboot so no one thinks about Spider-Man 3 so people will come see it. Yeah, I think that uh, it's pretty spectacular to think that they've already mapped that out. Yeah. You know, that they're like, listen, even if it's just bare bare bones, right? Uh, Spider-Man's going to go to college. He's going to he's gonna do this. He's going to see this. He's going to fight this person. He's going to learn this. Uh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool that they're, they're already ready for that. So I'm down for it. And I think Tom Holland is the perfect person to do it. I don't think you can do that with really any other character in the MCU at this time because they're all much older in their journey, right? Because Tom yeah, Holland absolutely. is effectively one of the youngest. Um, and maybe we'll have that with with the whole, you know, the whole new crew of new Avengers coming in and uh, the new mutants, all that stuff, possibly. But Tom Holland, he's, he's a magnet for sure. That's awesome. He is. And the other thing that I'm realizing is he's a pretty suave businessman. So a few episodes yeah. ago, we were talking about how he's doing press tour He's getting all these profiles by GQ and Vanity Fair. You know, he's doing the rounds and talking about all of his Sony projects and talking about his future as an actor. And he's dropping he's dropping these these cryptic notes like, oh, maybe what's best for Spider-Man next is for there to be a Miles Morales movie. Or maybe it's best for somebody else to wear the suit or, you know, <laughs> I don't want to be an actor forever, whatever. And Sony's like. Hey, 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 hold, hold on now, hold on now. They signed him up for this. And, the, you know, I think he's I think he's playing it a little bit for sure. I mean, he's got a he's got a leverage play, it. though. There was I mean, you and I both know there was never there was never going to be a situation in which this was the last Tom Holland MCU Spider-Man. It just never was going to be. There's just too much money to be had by all parties involved for this to not happen. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's just a matter of where it goes, you know, because I think. Tom Holland and Zendaya and and Jacob Batalon, like they're all talking about this being sort of the end of these movies. And so it's a question of what happens now? Is there a time jump? Is there, you know, how many more Avengers type crossover movies will Tom Holland appear in? And, you know, what's the gap between this and the next trilogy? Are they going to start working on it now? I mean, there's there's a lot of questions, but. Yeah, which universe is he in in each movie, right? <laughs> I think he's so. in both, man. I think he's in both. And that'll be, that'll be interesting, too. That brings its own bag of tricks. But I think Sony sees the vision. They've played this. They've played their hand remarkably well. I know we give them a lot of crap, mostly because we just would like to feel safe and secure with our little spidey people. But Sony's done an excellent job. And we should all feel safe and good and happy knowing that they're going to do what's right for Spider-Man. They've done an incredible job so far and we're going to get more Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, which I think is unanimously good news for most people. So it's yes, good. I'd like to meet the person who's like, I hate Tom Holland. As oh, Spider-Man. they're out there. They're out there. I mean, you no. know, these, you know, these people, they're the, the trolls from under the bridge. <laughs> they come out and they're like, Toby was the best Spider-Man, which is fine. If that's your take, that's fine. But like, don't go spew it everywhere all the time especially when somebody's like oh i love tom holland and you're like toby's the best spider-man you know like those <laughs> they guys tickle you they're like i'm gonna get you <laughs> they're the worst <laughs> answer my riddle about tom holland if like, you know crawl him back so well. into your hole please and go away <laughs> all right moving on more spider-man news and to be honest kirk this might be a hot take i'm more excited for this spider-man news which is that what 
we finally have a title and a release window for Into the Spider-Verse 2, which is not called Into the Spider-Verse 2, obviously, because that's very generic. It's going to be called Into the Spider-Verse Across, or, or it's called Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, parentheses, part one, part one, which, you know, unless they do a history of the world situation, would seem to mean that, and there actually is going to be a history of the world part two now, but I mean, the longest joke forever was like history of the world part one. But anyway, there will be more Spider-Verse movies. And Kirk, we were kind of kicking this around over the weekend when the news broke, but you know, they had a little like teaser trailer type thing. And effectively it's exactly what they teed up at the end of the last movie. You know, Spider-Man 99 is there, you know, Gwen is calling to Miles Morales from, Across the multiverse and asking for his assistance like it picks up right where we left off so what are your thoughts on what you saw and the fact that we're getting a new into the spider-verse movie in october of next year less than 12 months that's really fast it seems like a long way away but it's not because you just think of them having to draw all that animation um i think it's great i think it's awesome that they are just handing us exactly what we asked for uh that movie was so long in the making that uh, and then just like appeared out of nowhere yes. it's like oh you want a Miles Morales boom congratulations it's in your lap uh, you want you want this this character to do this you want to open up to the multiverse boom done like the creators whoever's in charge of that entire production just is just listening I think they live or they are an AI and they're just putting it all together <laughs> And kicking it out into the movie. They are a fan service bot, and they're like, this is what the people want, and they know. I mean, the thing with Spider-Verse is it gets better every time you watch it. It was already close to perfect. It might be, it might honestly be the greatest superhero movie of all time, and now they get to build on it. Um, I'm excited to see what freedom they get this time around. I, I mean, I it seems like they had tons of creative freedom the first time around. I mean, Chris... Chris uh, Miller, Christopher Miller and Phil Lord are the executive producers on this and they're obviously creative geniuses when it comes up when it comes to stuff like this, but they've got a new directorial, a three-person directing team on this that is uh, power packed, including um, Kent Powers, who is involved in uh, Soul. So it's it's yes. gonna be a good time and I couldn't be more excited. For some reason I thought this was coming out in twenty twenty three. So when I saw October twenty twenty two, I was like, come on, man. Like 10 months goes that fast these days. It and does. so it's going to be, it's not going to be long now. Um, so stoked and confirmed Oscar Isaac who played Spider-Man 2099 in the post credit scene of Spider-Verse will, you know, somewhat obviously be reprising his role. So I mean, there's too. someone who's breaking into every single franchise as well. Oscar <laughs> yeah. Isaac, he's like Star Wars, Spider-Man, Dune. <laughs> whatever he wants, Dune, whatever yeah. he wants, he he's gets, which he deserves it. It's true. It's true. All right. So that was the reason why I called part of this episode a very spider, spidey Christmas. Because if you are a Spider-Man fan, even vaguely, if you're even like a casual Spider-Man fan, you have to be absolutely stoked about all the great Spidey content we're getting. And if you happen to own the video game, like I was talking about before, you know, you get the Spidey suits this this Friday. So it's gonna it's a good times will be had by all Spidey fans. Uh, so that's good. All right. Moving right along. I want to talk about this one because I just found it very interesting. So Adam McKay, you may not immediately know that name if you've been 
you know, really closely watching films over the last few years, you definitely would recognize it. This is the guy behind Talladega Nights, Step Brothers, The Big Short. Um, he's a producer on Succession. He, you know, wrote and directed Vice. So he's growing in acclaim. And his new film, Don't Look Up, comes out in a couple weeks. I, I, it might even be this week. I don't know. Dude, I'm so, my wires are so crossed with all these Maybe movie releases. Maybe it's tonight. Yeah, it's probably, it's probably out right now. But anyway... Adam McKay is is the creator behind all that, and his production company with uh, Will Ferrell, Gary Sanchez Productions, sort of went through a split a few years back, and he was recently profiled by Vanity Fair uh, to promote, I guess, to promote Don't Don't Look Up, his new film that's coming out on Netflix, and he sort of detailed the breakup with Will Ferrell, and I thought this was very interesting. You know, they had this really close business relationship, and then over time as Adam McKay started to take on these, like started to get more award caliber type attention, they started to grow apart. And the last straw, um, you know, really in Adam's own words are basically this Laker show that he's working on. We've talked about it on this podcast before. Will Ferrell really wanted to be cast in that show. He's a huge Lakers fan, you know, big time LA sports fan. And he wanted to be Jerry Buss. And without talking to him, Adam McKay cast... Will Ferrell's best friend, John C. Riley, in that role. And it was actually John C. Riley who told Will Ferrell that that had happened before Adam McKay. And so since that time, Adam McKay says he's written emails to Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell hasn't responded, and it's been a pretty messy breakup. So, Whoa. this to me is significant. But also, my read on this is that with Adam McKay being the one saying all this, like he's controlling the narrative. But my read on this is that he, and this is totally speculation, but I think he got too big for his britches with all of these new movies that he did. And when I look at a movie like Vice, and I've loved pretty much everything that Adam McKay has done, but I look at a movie like Vice, which I absolutely hated for a lot of reasons, none of which were political at all, but most of which were that the movie was not funny at all. Uh, something that Adam McKay actually admits that he sort of lost his sense of humor while he was making that movie. Um, yes. It was arrogant and cocky and out of control. Basically, all of his best tendencies ratcheted up to the point where, like, they weren't good anymore. <laughs> and so the movie turned into a complete mess and obviously got mixed reviews. It still got Academy acclaim, but it was a movie that I really hated watching. And to me, I, from that point, I was like, I think Adam McKay's lost his way i think he got a little taste of gold and is like i can do whatever i want and that's why i said on this podcast a few weeks ago i think don't look up is going to be a stinky failure unless he figures out a way through it but kirk what are your thoughts on this whole situation and uh i don't know based on what you're seeing what's your read yeah it definitely is uh, he's he's got a pretentious side he, it's like it's almost like a mood swing he's like all right i'm gonna do something fun and i'm gonna use my best talents and i'm really gonna focus on the characters which is why he was so successful in the first place and then he does something like vice and then maybe don't look up looks like this as well we'll, we'll uh, three days december 10th it drops um very soon so I think that, you know, Will Ferrell is uh, not shooting for that Oscar. He's shooting to entertain. Mm-hmm. He's shooting for the best movie that highlights him. And that's why they had such a good relationship because their humor was lined up one to one. Like they got each other. And so Adam McKay was able to write for him. So it's it's shocking that Adam McKay didn't also use 
um, his, you know, his right hand man and say, great, I really want to work on this project, but I'm never going to forget what got me here. What kind of project do you want to do, man? Let's run with it. Let's do both. Let's do both. Yep. And he's not doing that. He's putting all of his energy into these very uh, high profile, big money movies. And when's the last time he did an indie movie? I don't know. So yeah. their breakup, it's a little sad. It's it a little is, sad. No, it is sad. I think it is sad, but it, you know. He, you, know, you know, and to his credit, he's saying, you know, I screwed up, this, that, and the other. But all I have to say, like, my read on the situation was Will Ferrell is known as a really good guy in the industry. I obviously don't know him personally, but people who do have nothing but good things to say about the guy. If he's not emailing you back, you got to look in the mirror. And it sounds like Adam McKay is doing that, but it's it's a messy situation. It's a, it, you know, Adam McKay said it himself in the Vanity Fair profile. It is a cliché Hollywood breakup you know it's a, it's a cliche Hollywood trope that they're like going through this uh, friendship that gets broken up by business and mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. sad to see to your point but just wanted to chat about that a little bit because I think it is interesting to sometimes see how things happen in the industry yes and I think this is a good time to invite Will Ferrell onto our podcast of to course. tell his side of the story always always oblige we will always oblige Will Ferrell he can he can come on at any point my door so is literally open he can just walk through well, that would be incredible <laughs> will come on in, buddy. <laughs> i was having coffee with him earlier today so i'll just i'll invite him in no, twist guys, my arm you guys were playing spider-man together <laughs> we were that's it you know what that's where i was uh okay moving right along yeah yeah we love yeah yeah kirk and i yeah, yeah. we love yeah yeah abdul mateen the second he's you know he's candy man he was in uh Watchmen. Watchmen. He was incredible in Watchmen. He is on the rise in a big way. So I've got good Yaya news and bad Yaya news. Which one do you mm. want first? I want... <laughs> give me the bad Yaya first. Okay, so the bad the bad Yaya is that he is exiting Furiosa, which is the Mad Max Fury Road oh. prequel. Um, that cast was too good to be true. We knew it, Kirk. We knew it. It's yeah. Anya Taylor-Joy. It's Chris Hemsworth. It was Yaya Abdul-Mateen. But due to scheduling conflicts, he is exiting that project, which is a major bummer. Major, major <sighs> bummer. Man. But on the What's good the- news side, yes, uh, Yaya yeah. Abdul-Mateen has spun up his own production company. He's calling it House 1110. And he has a creative partnership in place with Netflix to create and star in some projects for them. For, That's for fantastic. Netflix. So... He has been in so many great projects and he brings so much talent to the table that like as a producer, I have the utmost confidence in his creative eye to know which projects are the right way to go and which and if he's going to be starring in them, then sign me up. I'm st- I'm stoked for it. It's really cool to see when, excuse me, recording late hurts. <laughs> When, <laughs> when an actor uh, transforms into the producer role as well, because first of all, you're like, holy crap, now they're really going to be making money. Because as an actor, you make lots of money, but as a producer, you make lots and lots of money. Yes. So it's really cool. And just like you said, you know, obviously you can't become a producer and know what you want to create for an audience um, unless you know how to tap into that psyche. And, and as an actor, I feel like actors are some of the best producers because they, they, are, the, they are the epitome of, of personifying emotions, right? So then, yep. and, and give, giving us tales that we, are, that we crave for, ones that we've heard before, and, and more importantly, ones that we haven't. So it's so cool 
to see when that happens. And you're exactly right. This is such an easy and easy transition for him uh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. And I think to me, actors are closer to fans than most career producers are. Like yeah. actors go and they watch a ton of stuff because they're students of, of the craft. And so they watch a ton of stuff. And so they become fans of things. We hear them talk about all the time, what they're watching, what they like, etc. So in a lot of ways, producers these days, it's like anything, everything's becoming more analytical. And so they tend to, when they're thinking of product projects that might be financially, you know, profitable, they tend to use analytics to make those decisions. Oh, what kinds of things have performed well? What kinds of people do people like to see? Um, but, uh, but an actor will have more of a fan lens going into it and they'll say, eh, I wouldn't watch that. I would watch that. And they might have a little bit more of an artful approach rather than a science and numbers approach to selecting projects. So right. Example, red notice producer, <laughs> oh, career producer minded. Yeah. Tom Holland, new trilogy fan and story. Yes. Influenced. Oh man. Red notice. We didn't even talk about that yet. <sighs> Guys. It, uh, listen, I'm not, I, I hated it. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to say it's bad because that's subjective, but I hated it and didn't make it through it. I just didn't. Uh, so, and Kirk and I both, we were like, we can't talk about Red Notice because we both did not like it. But if you I did. I hated it so much that I forgot that I watched the whole thing. And then <laughs> and then Cam was like talking about it. I was like, oh yeah, I, I do. I do. I suppressed it. It was like a bad and, dream. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you put it away. It, it was a defense came bubbling up like acid reflux. <laughs> but if you did like it, I'm so happy because it was on Netflix and it was free and it was, you know, probably a lot of fun. And that's, that's great. Um, wasn't for me. So we'll just leave it at that. Next up, some casting news, some really fun casting news. So Universal, you know, they have their MonsterVerse, right? <laughs> That's what they're calling it. They have the rights to all these old monster movies, The Invisible Man, uh, Wolfman, Frankenstein, yep. Dracula, etc., etc. It goes on. Mm -hmm. And they are spinning up a bunch of different monster movies. And one of the ones that they're working on, I think this is a really interesting concept, Chris McKay is directing one called Renfield, which is about Dracula's trusty sidekick, Renfield. And in this case, Nicholas Holt is playing Renfield. Uh, he's been in a ton of stuff. X-Men First Class, I think most notably for most people. And they just cast Nicholas Cage as Dracula in that series, which at first I was like, that's weird. But then I looked at it and I was like, you know what? He, he might actually make a really good Dracula. Yes, you will. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, there's there's the the classic uh, the classic Nick Cage gif of him with the vampire teeth. <laughs> yeah, good call. Forgot about that. You know, um, and <laughs> it's it's just gonna be great. I mean, there's nothing that Nicolas Cage can do that I hate. There really isn't because he's just going for for quantity over quality, yes. and then he strikes gold every now and then. Uh, more recently, he's been hitting gold, gold, gold. You yes, Pig. I think with um, I want to. I almost said Willy Wonka's Wonderland, but I think it's Willy's, Willy's Wonderland. Wonderland. Yeah, and then and then the um, the one <laughs> the the movie coming up, I think early next year, where he plays himself. I the mean, unbearable weight be... of massive talent. 
Yes. Yeah. I think he's on just like a streak right now. That's just uh, you. You got to stand out of the way and just watch, watch yeah. it. So when you're hot, Dracula, you're hot. <laughs> yeah. Him as Dracula. Let's go. I'm so pumped. Nicholas Holt, though, nah, not a fan. Not you're a not fan. a fan. Uh, I think I think it's too early to tell on Nicholas Holt. I think he's he's had some bad. He's made some bad choices. Yeah. But I think it. I think he has potential to bring it. So. We'll see. We'll see. I'm definitely intrigued by this movie, though. I think just in general, actually, the monster verse stuff in general is becoming more and more enticing. I mean, they've got Ryan Gosling playing the Wolfman in an yeah. upcoming movie, and the Invisible Man. We talked about it on the podcast. I thought that was a pretty good monster movie overall, especially like how they modernized it. I really liked what Blumhouse did with it. So. I'm like I'm not gonna say I'm on board with the MonsterVerse stuff, but I am like I'm getting there. I'm I'm getting I'm getting closer to being on board with it. So mm-hmm. this is another another move the needle in that direction. Next up, we've talked Tom Holland. We've talked Sony. We know. See, listen, Tom Holland is Sony's golden boy. They're like, listen, you're you're the golden goose. We're just gonna if we'll throw money at you and you make you make gold out of it. And he's like, so far he's he's doing it. But you know, outside of Spider Man, they've got him doing uncharted we've seen trailers for that coming out that's a that's a movie uh being adapted out of a video game and the latest news and this is exciting kirk is that tom holland has signed on to play fred astaire in a new sony biopic so that news coming from the associated press now on paper this is a match made in heaven because tom holland is very you know he's like he's like a gymnast he's highly athletic and so that probably translates pretty well to some dancing ability um, if he doesn't already have that built in to his toolkit already but what do you think of this casting and and this upcoming movie are you excited about it i am you know we have the the infamous um uh, umbrella dance scene from the lip-syncing show oh uh, yes of course yeah the one where he and zendaya were on there (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's right, where he busts out and he's in like a, a women's corset and there's rain following on him, falling on him. It's it's super cool. So we obviously know that definitely translates, like you say, gymnastics to dance. Uh, he was, I, be- I believe, was he also a Billy Elliot? Can't remember. Um, either way, Tom Holland is just going to be so, so great. He's so dapper. He's so, he just gets it. He studies and he really is transformative in his roles. Um, one thing that we didn't review on our podcast was a movie on Apple TV Plus because it was in Apple TV Plus's infancy, a movie called Cherry. If you missed it, I highly recommend going out and watching it, everyone, because wow, that is something a, a version of Tom Holland you have not seen before, and he is exquisite in it. Yeah, he. I think he. He's. He's so much like the reason that he's Spider-Man is because he's so gifted. It's not, it's not the other way around. It's not like he got the Spider-Man gig and now it's like everybody knows him and he's popular for no reason. Like, no, he has been good. He has been good for so long. And we did the film. uh, What was that movie called? Uh, The devil all the time. The Netflix movie. We reviewed that on here and he was in that. He was, he was fantastic. And you know, he's been in a lot of good stuff, really good roles. Cherry, you know, another one, another feather in his cap. So I'm, I'm excited about this just for him to get to show who he is outside of Peter Parker, though, you know, I love the Peter Parker stuff. I, I think it's good for him to stay busy and, and keep cranking stuff out. It'll be, it'll be exciting. It'll be exciting to mm-hmm. watch. So yes, Sony, man, they're, they get it. They like working with him. He likes working with them. And it's been a very, very fruitful relationship thus far. 
All right, that's all I got for news, but let's talk about some stuff that's coming out this week. Kirk, you mentioned it on Netflix this Friday, the Adam McKay film. Don't look up. See if, check it out. See if I'm right that it's, a, you know, another <laughs> messy production like Vice, or maybe it's tightened up. A huge star-studded cast that runs the gamut. I mean, Leo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Jonah Hill, Mer- Meryl Streep, Ariana Grande. I mean, there's like, there's all these crazy names like that cast is is hard to wrap your head around so that'll be a fun one to check out i think basic premise there is there's a meteor coming towards the earth and they're you know like leo and j-law are trying to warn people of it so it should be interesting Mm -hmm. another one steven spielberg's west side story hits theaters this friday and let me tell you i'm trying to avoid as much as i possibly can but the buzz is loud the buzz is real loud and Steven Spielberg is obviously one of the greats of all time, but I think of late he hasn't he hasn't had a project that's really like he's he's always been good, but he hasn't had a project lately that's really popped. And if if he knocks this out of the park, it will pop because the show itself is so great. You know, with Steven Sondheim having just passed away, this like the, this is the moment for this movie to make a comeback and. You know, Rachel Zegler is new on the scene and, and people are saying she could get nominated. I, there's just, the buzz is loud. It's really loud. Mm-hmm. So as much as I'm trying to avoid, that's definitely a must-see this weekend if you head to the theaters. And then Hawkeye, episode four already. Already. I can't believe they gave us a double episode in week one. They're trying to get through this one quick. But episode four of six drops tomorrow. So if you're listening to this in podcast form, it's already out. And Kirk and I will probably be watching it tonight, if I had to guess. That's right. Two o'clock, it drops. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. (laughs) By the way, we're back with Spilled Popcorn. So if you've been liking that, uh, the MCU series recaps and analysis that we do, we dive deep into the weeds. We talk about the comic book history. We talk about, we speculate like crazy what's to come next. And frankly, we've had a decent hit rate on on our speculation, I think so. Sometimes we're a little too crazy. We get a little out of control. But... We've, we've done really well. Loki, with Loki, we did great. With Loki, we were like lining them up and knocking them down, speculating it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've already done the first two episodes. The third episode is dropping today if you're listening in podcast form, and they're all going to be on YouTube as well. So with some fun clips from the show and, and editing and stuff like that. So pick your poison. Spilled Popcorn is back. We're stoked to be doing it. And Hawkeye has been really, really fun so far. So make sure you listen in if you're watching the show. Please. Please, it's how we're going to get monetized. Please. (laughs) We're not going to beg, but please. 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 Kirk's literally begging right now. Okay. Let's pop it up (laughs) one last time, and let's jump into our movie review, Kirk, if you're ready for it. Ready? Thank you for listening to this episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. Our executive producer is Ryan Spriggs, and our original music is by Rhetoric. You can check them out on Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. We are on Facebook at Popcorn the Number Four Breakfast, as well as Twitter and Instagram at PFB underscore podcast. Check the description to find out how you can connect with us on Discord, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow us on Twitch. If you like this episode, please subscribe, like, comment, rate, or review. And if you want more, you can find all of our episodes and videos on popcorn the number four breakfast.com. We'll see you next time. Yeah.